0: I was always told that traveling teaches you things that school can't. Being able to experience different cultures and seeing how people in other countries live their lives compared to here in America. Everyone in Europe is is a lot more laid back and just the way they live their day to day. I know like here in the U.S., everyone is always on the go and always fast pace and and when I was in Europe it was really nice because it was it was like people really enjoyed just taking a step back and sitting outside and enjoying a cup of coffee and I think that was one thing that I really appreciated while being there was taking in the moment and not just being in a rush to be somewhere
1: Culinary arts, the joy of traveling, and the challenges that come with change. Today, we talk with pastry chef Yana Goko, who believes food is a love language where you're serving others and you create a sense of togetherness. We have a delicious one for you today. Let's get at it. Welcome to The Breathe Podcast, where we explore the intersection of faith and creativity. We interview artists from all walks of life to discover how faith plays a role in their art and expression hoping to encourage you to live a life of creativity and faith. And now, your host, poet, writer, and pastor, Derek Ongoy. Yup, yup, welcome back to the Breathe Faith and Creativity podcast. Thank you once again for joining us this week. It's been a wonderful journey thus far, and all of your support Is very humbling. So, thank you so much for tuning in each week. Uh, Speaking of support, if you haven't done so already, please visit the Patreon page to financially support this podcast. Uh, Without your support, this podcast uh, wouldn't be able to continue. And so, if you would do me a favor and head on over to the Patreon page, all of your support allows this podcast to continue. And for your support as a way of saying thank you, we have various levels of tiers that have different benefits attached to it from 50% off future books or naming rights uh, at on upcoming uh, publications as well as original music and downloads that's relative to this podcast. All of that will be available to you. So please head on over to patreon.com forward slash Derek. And I as long as as well as the team will greatly appreciate your support. All right. So today uh, we have a different kind of creative artist on the show. She recently graduated from culinary arts uh, school in Colorado and spent some time in Paris learning and working on her craft. She recently moved to California from Texas and recently landed an amazing job. As one of the pastry chefs at the Four Seasons Hotel in Westlake, California, I'm excited to chat with her today. Ladies and gentlemen, it's my pleasure of welcoming to the pod Ms. Yana Goko. Yana, welcome to the show. Thanks for taking time to be with us. What's going on?
0: Yeah, hi. I'm so excited.
1: Good, you sound excited. (laughs) So what's up? What's new? What's going on on every show? Our first question is usually a staple question that we ask our guests. This is your bio moment. This is your opportunity to kind of just talk yourself up to simply answer the question: Who is Yana, and what makes you you? (laughs) Um.
0: Okay. Yana is twenty two years old, and um, I. Just fell in love with cooking at an early age, and um, kind of it just got instilled in my heart that it was something that I really wanted to pursue. Yeah, ever since I can remember, that was, the kitchen was just a place
1: where I wanted to be. So, could you do you remember the exact dish maybe uh, that really inspired you to pursue what you're doing now?
0: Early on, I remember like just baking with like my cousins a lot. Mm. Like even, even if it was just like a boxed cake that we like bought from the store, made it at home and decorated it for like someone's birthday. I just remember that was, I think that was definitely like something that I grew up remembering um, that I enjoyed a lot. In high school, I did culinary and that's really, I think what reinforced the
1: fact that that was something that made me happy. I wanted to pursue it as a career. So why baking versus like regular cooking or barbecuing or why specific uh, to this area of the culinary arts?
0: I actually really do enjoy both, but I think what draws me more towards baking is the fact that it, there's more of a science to it. Mm. Like in, in baking, there's, there's a lot of measurements and if you don't measure correctly then it doesn't turn out properly so for me I think that's just kind of the how I, how I am too I like the kind of the structure and the almost like how precise it has to be versus I mean I still enjoy the fact that like in cooking you can throw stuff together in a pan and it'll taste great but yeah with baking I think it's more of like the science and the art Um, that is really presented in, in that field and in that part of the culinary
1: world. Now, do you find your life to be the same way where you're more structured, more precise versus kind of throw everything together in your life and everything will make, everything will just make sense in the end? Or again, do you find yourself more structured, more precise, like baking?
0: Yeah, I I think I do at least try (laughs) to. (laughs) <laughs> to to be that way, to be like, OK, this is uh, like, yeah, just planning things out and having like a structure. And I, I will say it doesn't always, you know, um, turn out that way. But for the most part, I, yeah, that's how like I, I feel things go smoother for me as if it is a little more
1: structured and a little more precise. That's cool, so let's go back a little bit um a little bit more to talk a little more about who you are. Let's talk about your name really quickly. Um I know that as far as guests on my show, uh your name is <laughs> unique in that you know you don't come across very many Yanas. uh, can you talk a little bit about your name, maybe the origin of your name, the history, maybe if you know the meaning of your name, and just kind of unpack that a little bit? Yeah,
0: definitely. um I'm actually glad to say that my name is something I'm very, very. Proud of and uh, very grateful my parents (laughs) thought of a name that has a meaning like mine. So, my nickname is Yana. My full name is actually Yannica Carmine. Yannica I know, is European. I know my parents, especially my mom, have told me that it kind of comes from um, the root name of of John. Okay. Um, I don't know. I can't really. Um, I don't really know how that kind of ties in. I just remember how um, my grandfather liked the name John a lot, especially for the firstborn, firstborns of every one of his his children. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know that's how it kind of got tied in. Um, but Yanika Carmine means a uh, song of God's graciousness. Okay. And even, even now that I'm older, I think about how um, that, has actually become like a a prominent meaning to, I guess, part of my, my personality as well. Um, and my faith.
1: That's cool. Um, and so you said song of God's graciousness. Great. Yes. So do you, do you see that meaning playing out in your life?
0: Um, yes, definitely. I, I love singing. And I love worship. Um, but also, Yeah, God's God's grace is definitely something that has always just blown my mind, how it's never-ending, and um, we're so undeserving of it, Mm -hmm. but
1: He he gives it to us anyway. That's good. So let's kind of stick on kind of the faith conversation a little bit. We can go back to unpacking your life story um, in a little bit, but so— you know, you mentioned faith. You mentioned God, um, and you recently came to California. You we spent a lot of time in Texas. Um, two parts. What part of Texas did you uh, where, where did you come from? And then, two, assuming what I know about Texas, can you share the differences between how? The expression of faith is in Texas versus California because I just assume they're just vastly different.
0: Oh yeah. Um. Well, so I'm from Dallas. Um, really a. Uh, a small town, kind of almost an hour out of downtown, in downtown Dallas, um, and yeah, I can I can definitely say that kind of sharing your faith is is very different in in the South compared to um, California, and even uh, in a like small country town in Texas, it's like um, Southern Baptist is definitely you can tell that it that people are, are majority Southern Baptists and I wouldn't say it's as diverse as being here in California where it was it was a little harder for me to find a church out here in California that would fit me best mm-hmm. versus in Texas where it's kind of there's small churches everywhere and people are are more open to sharing their
1: faith mm-hmm. and so when you move back here can you share maybe some of the difficulties or challenges when it comes to sharing your faith um within the la area and just being here
0: i think i, I found it difficult um mainly because especially i work um i deal with a lot of just very diverse people and um also it can the restaurant industry is very intense at times and so it's i would think it it's kind of hard to share your faith during those moments or during the times when you're you're around those those people and to me it was almost like i had to be very cautious of how i i came across or how to like bring up faith and kind of how you live your your life or how you're um, you are spiritually mm-hmm. of other people. So I think in a way it's it's almost like you don't want to offend anybody or like be that forward about it because you want to see how others
1: view it first versus
0: I think like in Texas, sometimes people are just really open about it. Yeah.
1: Now did you, and I mean, this might be a an obvious question, uh, but in Texas, um, did you ever come across someone who wasn't a believer and maybe unpack how a conversation, uh, with someone might've looked like, or how easy, I guess, um, it would have been to share your faith in a context like Texas, um, versus here.
0: I mean, I, I, came across a lot of people who their point of view on it was more of like being super religious. Like, oh yeah, I, I know about God, but I don't go to church, mm. but like you, you do every Sunday. And there were times where like, I would have to find myself explaining like, Oh, I don't, I don't go to church on Sundays. Cause I have to,
1: mm. like,
0: Oh, if you don't go to church on Sundays, it makes you a better person. It was more like, Oh, I, I it's, it's a relationship that I've found myself growing in and church, um, helps you build that and helps you grow. So, I think in Texas even though it was it was like a common thing to to hear about church and to know God, but it was different whenever you come across somebody who is actually walking in their faith and who is growing in their faith versus somebody who just knows about it.
1: So sticking on the theme of challenges, but kind of shifting toward um, the restaurant business and and you baking specifically. What are some challenges? Because I assume, like you even mentioned, that it's very fast-paced. The environment that you're in is very um, ongoing and fast. Um, What are some challenges that you face as a baker within the context of where you're at? And how do you navigate through some of those challenges?
0: I will say my, my specific challenge so far has really been Um, since I'm the pastry chef in the actual restaurant, um, I'm dealing with customers, um, like face forward. So, um, people are even watching me plate desserts. And then, um, even just when it gets busy, um, I'm the only one up there. So it's hard to sometimes take a moment and maybe call somebody to help, um, from the our main pit- pastry kitchen to help me out, or mm. just kind of the rush of one thing after another, and it it can get really stressful and sometimes disheartening to think like, "Oh, am I really able able to do this?" In the end, I, I remind myself like, "God brought me this far, and this is this is really what." even though it's stressful, this is really what brings me joy. The fact that this, this is something that I wanted to pursue and as a career and go this far to even moving out to California with it in the end of the day, that that's what makes me grateful and is greater than just being stressed at, at work
1: yeah. at times. That's good. So what what would you say is the most challenging dessert you've ever made?
0: I think right now in the restaurant, we, so we serve soufflés uh-huh. and that, that is like, I haven't messed it up quite yet and I'm glad I, I have, <laughs> but, it, um, it's one of those, it's one of those desserts that's like very tedious. If you don't make the batter right, then it's not going to rise in the oven right and, um, if you drop it, the whole thing is just going to collapse. And it's like one of those desserts where you have to be very careful.
1: <laughs> yeah. Can you paint a picture? And, uh, you know, um, for those listening who may not be familiar, cause you know, desserts have all these fancy names and sometimes when names are thrown around, you're like, Oh yeah, I know what that is. But then in the back of your mind, you're like, I have no idea what that is. Can you kind of paint a picture of what a souffle is?
0: It's almost like a cake, a very light and fluffy cake. And, um, It has meringue mixed into it, so that's what makes it very fluffy and makes it rise in the oven. And it's almost like what it's baked in is almost like a cylinder. Okay. So whenever it bakes, it needs to rise like perfectly to like create that like tall cylinder shape. It's a very light and fluffy cake, is I think the only way
1: I can describe it. Right. And so, is there a favorite? Pastry or a favorite dessert that you like making?
0: Before I moved out here, I was kind of baking at home a lot just to play around. And I found myself making a lot of cream puffs. Mm. One, because I absolutely love French pastry. I think it's beautiful and it tastes delicious. Um, and also, whenever you make cream puffs, you have to like pipe out the dough. Mm-hmm. And I really like kind of that repetition and almost like making sure everything is symmetrical so that it like bakes evenly as well. But yeah, I found myself making a lot of cream puffs before
1: hmm. I moved here. So speaking of French pastries, you spent some time in Paris. Can you um, um, unpack your experience there uh, a little bit?
0: Yeah. Um, I actually was studying in the south of France. Okay. Um, and it's like. Small town. It was very different. It was actually really nice to like experience life in like the countryside of France versus like a big city like Paris. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, I was I was blessed to be able to take a study abroad program uh, through my school and spent two months in France. Woke up at four a.m. every day to go to class. Um, but it was great. It was, it, and you got to really, my chef instructors really helped you appreciate the art of everything Mm. and just being in the kitchen for six hours a day, hanging out, making something delicious and beautiful. And at the end of the day, you just left feeling accomplished and being like, wow, I just learned, I just learned that. And, um, It was a very great experience and something I was very grateful to be part of.
1: You said you were there for two months. Um, Would you say there was an overarching... I don't know if it's, I don't even know how to ask this, but maybe theme or lessons learned, not necessarily specific to your craft, but just maybe life lessons learned in the two months, maybe studying and observing the culture there, obviously a lot different than here in America. Uh, Is there anything that stood out while you were there? Um, Just, yeah, your experience at the South of France and anything that stuck out? I was always
0: told that traveling teaches you things that, School can't being able to experience different cultures and seeing how people in other countries live their lives compared to here in America. Mm -hmm. Everyone in Europe is is a lot more laid back and just the way they live their day to day. I know, like here in the U.S., everyone is always on the go and always fast pace and and when I was in Europe, it was really nice because it was it was like people really enjoyed just taking a step back and sitting outside and enjoying a cup of coffee. And I think that was one thing that I really appreciated while being there was taking in the moment and not just being in a rush to be somewhere. Mm. I, I know you said not necessarily like my craft, but yeah, just even... Learning different techniques and how people appreciate a certain field of, of study or a certain craft that, that you want to pursue.
1: So kind of shifting gears back to faith um, and, you know, one thing that we ask um, all of our guests is this question. Have you experienced God in your art? And I know culinary art is, I don't even say different because I think it's somewhat the same as any kind of art where you put time into it. You invest into it. Uh, You're creating something, um, albeit food. uh, But there is an art to it. And I'm wondering, and not necessarily within the context of your restaurant, but just moments where you were baking or moments where you were creating something, um, have you ever experienced God in it? And how does that look like?
0: That's a good question.
1: (laughs) Well, thanks.
0: (laughs) I would think just even times where I was baking something at home or even just thinking about how i i fell in love with with pastry and being and being in the kitchen i think that's that's really where i take a step back and just thank god for for allowing me to to be able to do those things and to kind of appreciate the fact that he instilled that in me um, at a very early age. Whenever I was little, the fact that I just kind of told my mom, I want to be a cooker. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I mean, my mom tends to remind me every now and then, like, you know, that that wasn't something that you said just to be silly. That was, God kind of put that in your heart that like, this is this is what you like to do, this is what you love to do. I think, yeah, the, the times where I'm just simply baking at home or looking at like pictures of, of desserts that are trending, it's just a way for me to to take a step back and say, God, like thank you that that this is something that I I can pursue and that you're guiding me in a way where I can have fun at work and I can enjoy what I'm doing and all the, all the steps that you, that I have taken to get to this point, you have brought, brought me to.
1: That's cool. Uh, so kind of sticking with the God theme. And so bear with me as I set up this next question. So um, throughout the biblical narrative, right, we find God both in the old Testament and new Testament. He, he heals people, right? Jesus, <laughs> Jesus physically healed a lot of people. Uh, so did the apostles after him, but there's this, Amazing and peculiar story in the Old Testament um, where we find a few examples of God healing people, uh, both mentally and emotionally. And the one story I'm specifically thinking of um, is the prophet Elijah, right? And so he had just finishing – he just finished showing the false prophets of Baal the power of the true and living God through this epic spiritual wrestling match of God throwing down fire from heaven. Um, And it was just – crazy showdown and Elijah came out victorious. But immediately after that, we find him running from this female ruler named Jezebel. And so he's running for his life. He's depressed. He's exhausted. His entire being is wrecked and he's alone in the wilderness. And in 1 Kings chapter 19, and I'm going to read it uh, from my Bible here, beginning in verse four, it says, and he prayed that he might die and said, it is enough. Now, God, take my life, for I am no better than my father's. Then as he lay and slept under a broom tree, suddenly an angel touched him and said to him, arise and eat. Then he looked, and there by his head was a cake baked on coals and a jar of water. So he ate and drank and lay down again. And And so the story continues a couple more times of this of Elijah going to sleep, angel waking him up, him eating some cakes, um and then going back to sleep. And in this instance it seems as if God used this cake or in other translations it's either a bread or a loaf of bread, but it seems like God used pastries if you will for the, you know, to kind of play with the illustration as a vehicle to bring comfort and healing to Elijah. Um now I know that's a huge setup for my question, but my question is can you talk to us a little bit about how maybe Baking and artistically creating in a culinary sense has helped to bring healing or comfort in your life and your and toward your overall self-care.
0: yeah, I that's actually really cool. I didn't think about that verse like God used a a cake or
1: bread. so yeah, that's so really if cool. anyone is wondering, God approves of us eating all the sugar in our lives <laughs> <laughs> that's
0: true. that's true. I like that a lot. Um,
1: <laughs> See, I did my research for this interview, and you know, I wanted to find something in the scriptures that related to what you do. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I love it, I love it, that's great. Um, wow, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, who doesn't love food, yeah, and who'd, I mean, it's already a scientific thing, too, that you know, food food makes you feel good. Mm-hmm. Um, and being hangry, people <laughs> have always experienced being hangry and p- food just instantly makes you feel better. The other day out at work for Easter, we were decorating Easter eggs, like these giant chocolate Easter eggs.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and even while I was like painting it, the Cadbury, Easter eggs. <laughs> <laughs> actually, no, even though that'd be really cool. It was like, Ch- giant chocolate Easter eggs, like we that our chef and one of my coworkers casted themselves. Okay, um, like these like giant egg molds, mm. and you like pour chocolate into it, and yeah, it, it makes like a giant chocolate egg. Um, but each one of us had to had to decorate one for Easter, and I just remember even while I was painting it, I was just super relaxed. Mm. And yeah, in a way I think besides eating food, um, making you making you feel good, I think for me, God has really um said, you know, like just enjoy it. Just enjoy even making it and the little things that I do every day, even though like service can get can get really stressful, like if food the like serving the food can get really stressful sometimes, just being able to make those things that um i find comfort in and um find myself in just being relaxed at times Hmm.
1: yeah and so you're right there's this theme throughout the scriptures right where food has a tendency to bring communities together i mean a lot of the great things that jesus did was centered around food right he multiplied bread and fish he he partied at a wedding with his friends. Uh, even the illustration of the last supper went right before he was about to go and be crucified. And, you know, before that, he, he served his disciples. He washed his disciples' feet, but it was centered around food. So I guess the follow up question to the previous one would be, have you experienced, again, food or pastries, uh, desserts in your context? Have you experienced maybe, That bringing healing to other people, and it doesn't have to be within the context of your restaurant, maybe back in Texas, but maybe you baked something or you were able to foster a communal gathering of people, and that just restored people's spirits or just brought people up. How has your art, in your experience, uh, how's it, how's it brought uh, brought healing to other people? Like you
0: said, like it's just it brings people together,
1: and that's part of why I I
0: also fell in love with. With just being in the kitchen, because I remember, um, for my family, it's we we're, were always we're always centered around food. Yeah. I think, it, in a way, it's it's even like a love language, um, and that that's part of why I enjoy it so much is that it was like you're serving others and you're gathered around food, but it, you're together. Even back home in Texas, with like when I was a youth leader even baking cupcakes for one of my youth kids because it was their birthday um, really just brought me joy or we would have like youth functions and I would bake a ton of chocolate chip cookies and my youth kids love <laughs> love them yeah. so it yeah I, I've always appreciated the fact that it's what brought us together and it's what brings like like i said it's a love language it it's what makes us like connect and just sit around the table and be with each other and engage in conversation
1: that's good um so as we wrap things up the final question that i have for you maybe there's someone listening who's maybe they have an interest maybe they are that young girl or boy in the kitchen who likes making boxed cakes and you know they they have this inkling in their mind that they want to pursue it is there is there any words of advice that you can give the person listening Um, who wants to pursue culinary arts, but maybe are afraid to. Uh, Maybe they're afraid because it's not the most practical thing. Maybe it's ingrained in their head because their parents said, you know, we want you to be a nurse. We want you to be an engineer. We want you to do something else. Um, What words would you give to that person who's toying with the idea of pursuing this as their career and just kind of, they have those fears, Um, what would you say to them?
0: First, I would say the thing that has really gotten me through, I would think this past year of just so many transitions of graduating school and moving out here and just trying to pursue culinary as a career is my mom has always told me, don't seek the plan seek the planner.
1: Hmm.
0: And that was a huge thing to me was I would say to myself, okay, God, I'm just going to trust you with with this. And so if culinary is is something that that also brings you joy and you are thinking of pursuing it as a career, obviously, you know, look into schools or look into a place where you can pursue it, but really just being able to bring it God and say, okay, I'm just going to trust you with what you have in store for me and not fight it and I guess try to take it into your own hands. And that is really what what has gotten me through um, being able to to pursue this is,
1: okay, God, just I'm going to trust you with what you have in store for me. That's good. Thank you so much. So there's one final thing that we usually do every single episode. We do this thing called the lightning round. You down to play? Sure. All right, cool. So what we're going to do is I'm going to give you two words. And without putting too much thought into it, you give me your first response. Cool? Okay. All right, here we go. East Coast or West Coast? West Coast. Texas or California? Oh, California. Coffee or tea?
0: <laughs> Coffee.
1: Bagels or croissants? Oh, croissants. <laughs> Donuts or cupcakes? Donuts. Chocolate or vanilla? Chocolate. Strawberries or blueberries? Oh, strawberries. Creme brulees or eclairs? Eclairs. <laughs> Macaroons or chocolate chip cookies? Chocolate chip cookies. Apple pie or apple tart? Apple pie. Boom. There you go. Ladies <laughs> and gentlemen, that's your lightning round for this week. Thank you so much, Yana, for playing. Um, by the way, there's this ongoing debate on the pronunciation of macaroons or macarons do as a pastry chef, what is the correct pronunciation of that word?
0: So actually, macaroons and macarons are two different things Oh yeah well, there go. yeah so mac macaroon whenever you write it out, it has the two o's right um, so that is that cookie that is made out of all those like coconut shavings. Okay. So that is a macaroon. And a macaron is um, the f- French cookie sandwich thing. Oh. So, yeah. So, actually, it's really, they're both spelled differently and they're both two different things. So, but if you're referring to um,
1: that French cookie sandwich thing, it's, it's, a macaron. So, pretty much all of those cookie sandwich things that are in a ton of boba shops these days. And it's like, those are all macarons. Yes. And then macarons are totally different dessert.
0: Yeah. The macarons are like the coconut cookie.
1: All right. Very good. Yeah. Learn something new every day as much as I love desserts. <laughs> hey, so can you shout out your uh, social media for those listening who may want to follow you? Maybe even shout out if you're. If the Four Seasons at your job has a Instagram or social media, but shout out uh, where we can find you on socials.
0: Yeah, uh, my so- oh, I have to actually make a social media um, dedicated to just pastry. Yeah, you, um, but you can find me on social media at Yana Bear eighteen. Um, it's usually my my handles, um, and if you're ever in the Westlake area, come check out Coin and Candor restaurant in the Four Seasons Hotel. That's usually where you'll
1: physically find me. <laughs> cool. Can you say that name one more time? Coin and what?
0: Coin and Candor.
1: Coin and Candor. Yeah. That's Very a, good.
0: That's the brand new restaurant opened in the hotel.
1: That's awesome. So there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, Miss Yannicka Goko. Make sure you check her out on social media. Stay tuned for her pastry handle when she finally makes an account there uh and please please make sure uh you also rate and review this podcast again head to the patreon page uh under derek engoy and you can specifically support this podcast and help cover some of the costs that keep it running as well as some of the other projects i got going on until next time be the light extend your hand in love and make peace with someone this upcoming week stay blessed and we'll catch you next time peace